Morning, church. All right. Um, yeah. Um, some people said they didn't know I was speaking today, so surprise. It's me. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to start off, um, and this was important for me, to say how thankful I am for this opportunity. Um, not just because how important God's word is, and how precious God's word is to me. But I'm also thankful because I really, really love this church. And I love you guys. And so the opportunity to speak God's word to you guys especially means a lot to me. So I'm just really thankful for um, this opportunity. Pastor Chris uh, reached out to me a few months ago and said, Kevin, um, why don't you read ahead in First John? Like we're going to be on this series for a few months. And pick out some passages that you think you might want to speak on, which is really nice. So uh, because I used to preach every week and they're like, you can't think. Like you're just like, next sermon, next sermon, next sermon. So pray for Pastor Chris, everyone, because that's really hard. And he speaks twice. Um, So he told me, pick out some passages that you might want to speak on. I uh, read ahead and this one verse really stood out to me. And so I told him, like, this verse really stands out to me. And he's like, perfect, preach on that. And that verse um, is from today's passage, and, it, and the verse goes, and his commandments are not burdensome. And his commandments are not burdensome. That idea resonated with me. And I, lucky for me, I had a whole month to stew on it, right? And that's why today I titled my message, joyfully obeying his commands joyfully obeying his commands when you think about commandments when you think about rules and laws what is the thought that comes to your mind i'm sure for many of us they feel burdensome right restrictive right it seems the opposite of what the word is saying Years ago, I used to work at at Garden Grove Unified School District, and I had this unique position on campus. I don't even remember my exact title, but the position was this. I was in charge of behaviors, right? And I, especially, especially, specifically in the special ed department. And for whatever reason, the school I was at was, they had a lot of behaviors, negative behaviors, So I had a walkie-talkie, I had a radio, and then they would literally radio me when something was happening. Come to room 21 because blah, blah, blah is punching blah, 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 right? They're elementary kids, but they were still very aggressive. So I would have to run to each classroom putting out fires, like literally all day putting out fires. And I can tell you one thing. The kids did not like me, right? Whenever they saw me. They did not like me. They thought the rules were restrictive, very burdensome, and I was the one who had to implement it, right? And so they did not like me. I remember one time I got radioed into a class. They're like, please help with blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't say names. So, like, someone is having an issue. I, I run to the classroom, and the classroom is a mess. Tables are flipped. Chairs Everything's on the floor. I'm like, what is happening? And I see in the corner a second grade girl, cute as a button, 
throwing things, right? Like, what is happening here? She sees me, and she knows I'm the behavior guy, looks at me, and goes, I hate you, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. I go up to her. I'm like, you know, we can't throw things. So I'm blocking, right? Like, we're not allowed to touch. We're not allowed, right? But I'm not letting her destroy the classroom. And I remember it as clear as day. She starts snarling like a dog, right? I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, hey, you know, we can't do that. You know, we can't throw that. And I'm like, blocking, blocking, snarling like a dog. And she bites me in the leg, right? Um, doesn't matter how small you are bites hurt right <laughs> um i'm telling all this story it's like yes it's funny but i think a lot of us can resonate with that to be honest i think our very human nature kind of encapsulates this idea of wanting to break the rules and not following god's commandments like that's our very nature do you guys agree right like don't you feel that way you you hear his commandments and you're like, this is very restrictive. And think about the Israelites. For generations, they disobeyed. They saw seas opening. They saw all these things and they disobeyed. It seems like it's our own very nature not to obey. Deuteronomy 31 puts it very bluntly. This is Moses talking to the Israelites before he hands off Israel to Joshua. This is his last words and this is what he says to them verse 27 for i know how rebellious and stubborn you are right like that's nice right and then verse 29 skipping ahead for i know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that i have commanded you i know you're gonna walk away from the rules what a glowing recommendation right like Moses is up there and saying, like, you're rebellious, you're stubborn. I know when I pass away, you're not going to listen. Right? Why? Because that's our nature. That's who we are. We want to rebel. So then coming back to the theme of today, how is it that John writes his commandments are not burdensome? When everything we, we know about ourselves, everything we know about the Israelites tells us, we rebel. And again, that's why today we're going to explore, and today's message is titled, Joyfully Obeying His Commandments. Finding joy in His Commandments. If we can, let's turn our Bibles to 1 John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 1 John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. All right, I'm going to read. I'm sorry, can we stand for the reading of God's word? I'm going to read 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world 
except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. God, will you prepare our hearts to receive this word? Not by my power, not by my words, but because we believe that what you say in the word, what you say in your Bible is true. And we believe that you have overcome this world. So may we leave here, Lord, joyfully obeying your commands, finding joy in your word, finding joy in doing the things you have called us to do to be separate from this world. We thank you, and I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Maybe see it. To give a little context to this message, as you know, uh, we've been preaching on 1 John for a while now. And the, the theme of 1 John that Pastor Chris has been preaching on is life. 1 John 5 verse 13 says, I write these things to you. So the book of 1 John is written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. And this is why he wrote this epistle that you may know that you have eternal life. So for many weeks now, for months, we've been learning about our assurance of salvation. Today we're revisiting one of those assurances that uh, Pastor Chris preached on not too long ago, actually. And that assurance is children of God obey his commands. That's one of the assurances to know that you are a children of God, is that you obey his commands. So with that context, we find our passage today. We have assurance of our salvations if we obey his commands, and we love God and we love others. So I'm really going to break it down into two points really simplify it for us. I actually had a message prepared and then on Friday morning I woke up and I was like, it's too complex. Get rid of everything. <laughs> and I reduced it to two points and then I really wanted to expand on those two points, which is obeying his commandments and keeping his commandments and how those two things relate to it being not burdensome. For now, it might not make sense, but as we talk, hopefully it will. So obeying his commandments is the first point. First John 5 really leaves, uh, starts off where First John 4 left off. If you remember Pastor Chris's messages, message last week, he ended by telling us, whoever loves God must love his brother. So he was saying, he ended with the charge. People at church, do you, if, I don't know if you guys remember, he gave us homework. Pray for somebody at church this week. Talk to some, encourage someone to church this week because whoever loves God must love his brother. It's not should you, you know, it's must love his brother. First one starts off with that. Same idea. Today's passage starts off with the idea that if we love God, then we must love everyone who is born of him. And then it starts to specify what that looks like. What does it look like to love God and to love others? Verse two. We love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. We love the children of God. We love each other when we love God and we obey his commandments. 
So obeying his commandments is directly related to loving our brothers and our loving God. I like simplifying things. I think it's because I work in education and I've worked in special ed. I really want to simplify this for us, okay? So let me try to explain, simplify what his commandments are. Matthew 23, verse 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Notice the last verse. Jesus says that these two commandments, loving God, loving your neighbor, depend all the laws and the prophets. So simplifying the commandments for you is this. Love God, love other people. (laughs) Okay? then you know you're obeying his commandments. Apostle Paul in Romans expands this a little bit more. Romans 10 verses 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So love fulfills the law. For the commandments you shall not come with, commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and any other commandment commandment are summed up in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself verse 10 love does no wrong to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law love is fulfilling the law so when we're talking about obeying his commandments Instead of thinking of all the commandments, simplified in our heads, we're talking about loving God, loving other people, because that fulfills the law. Pretty simple, right? Simplified it for us, but pretty difficult to live out, right? It's simple in concept. Okay, obeying God is loving God and loving other people. And then you get cut off on the freeway and you're like, oh, like this is difficult, right? This is very difficult. How do we live this out? Then how am I supposed to live this out? In the verse 3 where I read from 1 John, the word obey, obey his commandments. In the, word, in the Greek word, and sorry if I'm incorrect here because I am not a theologian, but Pastor Chris is not here, so it's okay. <laughs> um, it is what they call a present active subjunctive verb. Present active. There's so many resources now that like I feel like I went to seminary. But um, what that means is the word obey is something you're supposed to continually do. It's a present active subjunctive. What that means is it's not just obey once. It's obey continually. Obey all the time. You do it daily. That means you can't love God once when you got saved and it's over. That means you can't say, I love you to your brother and do something. I don't know, give money to missions one day and be like, I'm good for the rest of the year. Right? It's a continual obey. Obey his commandments is a present active verb. I have found 
that many people who find God's commandments burdensome are the ones who stopped obeying, who aren't continually doing it. You got saved. You read the Bible for a month straight, two months straight. You prayed every day, and then you stopped. You loved the people in front of you, and then a month later, you realize they're kind of annoying. Right? Like, I don't want to continue to love them. The ones who find the commandments burdensome usually are the ones who stopped obeying it. And it becomes burdensome because you start feeling guilty. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. The more I knew the word, there was a period in my life where I loved Christian books. I had over 200 Christian books. I was reading Christian books like I, like I was going to die if I didn't read Christian books. I was learning my growing in knowledge, growing in knowledge, growing in knowledge, feeling guiltier and guiltier and guiltier. And it was simply because I was reading about these great men of faith and I wasn't living it out. And so what was happening is my knowledge was growing, but I wasn't obeying. And so it felt very burdensome. And then one day, at this point, I was a pastor, actually. I met a friend who got saved maybe a year before I met him. And this guy was obeying God. <laughs> he, was share- he was like telling me like, yeah, I-, I was at Starbucks. And then the guy in front, I just shared the gospel with him. And I was like, dang, man, <laughs> I've been Christian for a long time. Right? <laughs> That's pretty convicting. And I was like, I had this light bulb moment. I was like, this guy's doing this joyfully because he's doing it. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. He was just doing it. He's like, Bible tells me, make disciples. Hey, guy at Starbucks, do you want to be my disciple? Right? It's so simple. But I realized Christians, over time, we know more. But we stop obeying continually. We did it before. I read the Bible when I got after the retreat, but I stopped doing it. Reminds me of that verse knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? I was getting puffed up in knowledge, but I was being built up. So, my exhortation to you love God continually. 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Pray every day. Pray every moment. Read his word every day. Daily bread, right? Love God every day. You're not going to always feel like doing it, but the ones who are joyful in his commandments are those who are doing it every day, no matter how they feel. And love others continually love others continually Romans 12 10 love one another with brotherly affection brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor imagine if that was our church you did something nice for me don't worry (laughs) I'm gonna do something nice for them like we're just outdoing each other in honor how amazing and loving would that church be To be honest, and I'm not showing off when I say this, I do not find his commandments burdensome. 
And that's because I say yes and I obey. When God tells me to give, I give. When God tells me to share my faith, I share my faith. When God tells me to read, I read, pray, I do all these things. So it's not burdensome, it's actually freeing. I joyfully do these things. I remember a few weeks ago, I have in my cohort is four of us, only four of us. So I see them every day. Right? Like, um, we were walking back to our cars. We were talking about bullying. And I felt convicted to share my testimony. And I did. I shared with them, I used to be a bully. (laughs) And they're like, no way. Like, nobody ever believes it. No way. I was like, what did you do? I was like, oh, I did this. I stole from people. They're like, oh, you were a bully, right? And and they asked me, what changed? I was like, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) I'm glad you asked that. And I said, because of Jesus. And I shared my faith. And I'm not sharing this to show off. Why I'm sharing this is because of this. If I didn't share my testimony, my, his commandments would have felt burdensome. Do you guys get what I'm saying? I would have felt guilty for not sharing. I would have felt guilty that I didn't do what I knew was right. But how did I leave that night? Joyful. Did they accept Christ? No. <laughs> did they? No. It's not what it's about. I obeyed. He put it on my heart. I knew what was right. I said it, went to bed, and I was like, I'm glad I did that. If his commandments feel burdensome to you, obey continually. I don't care that you shared something at a mission trip five years ago. That doesn't carry over today. Obey continually. Second point. First member is obey continually. His commandments. So, and remember, obey is the present active. Second point, keep his commandments. That's keep and obey are different. Verse three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So what does that look like? What does it mean to keep his commandments? And how does that relate to it not being burdensome? Again, not a theologian, but blue letter Bible, thank you. Um, The word keep is different from the word obey. The word keep in Greek is the word tereo. Don't know if that's right, but tereo. I have it written for you if you want to see it in Greek. This word means to watch over, to guard, or to attend carefully over. To keep his commandment is not just keep. It's this idea of guarding it. To attend carefully to it. So the question I have for you is, how do you treat the word of God? Do you watch over it? Do you guard it? Do you attend to it carefully? Do you read it because you're supposed to? Or do you read it because you want to guard it? That you want to look over it? Something precious. When I was very young, as a Christian, uh, I was struggling in sin with lust. 
One of the verses that I memorized immediately was this verse. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have stored up my word up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love that phrase stored up. It reminds me of like somebody who has something so precious and they're like I need to hide this in my heart. You get you know what I'm saying? It's like treasure. It's like God's word is like I have to store this. It's not like I have your word in my heart. It's like I've stored it deep, right? Like I imagine someone like dug a hole in like in my heart, right? Like on my own heart, right? And he stored it. Proverbs 2 verse 1 says this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, skipping ahead to verse 4, talking about his commandments, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I love how Solomon is saying, it's like treasure. If you seek it like silver. I have two more verses for us to really bring this point home. Psalm 119 verse 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. The psalmist is saying, your word, your law is better to me than a thousand gold pieces. Don't know how that translates to today's money, but I'm sure it's a lot. (laughs) Your word is more better to me. Psalm 119 verse 162. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I love your word as if I found treasure. When we're talking about keeping his commandments, guarding it, watching it carefully, I wonder how we treat God's words. Do you treasure it like we read in the Psalms and the Proverbs? Maybe it's burdensome to you because you're just reading this Right? Like just just a book. Something I'm supposed to do. Instead of treating it like this treasure to be found. And so my question to you is, how do you treat his word? Right? When I first got saved, I was in high school, junior year of high school. They didn't really have a church background. You first get saved, you don't know what to do with yourself. You know what I mean? You're like, what do I do? <laughs> my friends are bad. My, you know, like, everything's bad, right? So you go up to your small group leader, your youth teacher. What do I do? What's the answer everyone gives you? Read your Bible. And pray. But lucky for me, because I didn't grow up in church, I was like, that sounds like a good idea. So, what did I do? I read his Bible and prayed. God is my witness. Every day for that year, I read one hour a day, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. 
I remember I would be out with my friends on a Friday night. I'll get stressed out if I couldn't go home in time. There were days that I had to read it out midnight one because I'm in high school, right? But I made it a plan because I loved God so much, didn't know what to do. And the first thing I was told is read the Bible. I was like, I'm going to read the Bible. Read through the New Testament. I was like, okay, now what? Read through the Old Testament. Read his word every day for an hour. Only to find out after a year, my friends who have been going to church were not reading their Bible. <laughs> right? I was like, wait a minute. You've been going to church your whole life. How do I know more than you by the end of this year? So you're telling me to do something and you're not doing it. I'm not saying this to make us feel bad. I'm really not. My goal is not to make you guilty into doing this, but to share with you how different my walk was because I treasured it. Whenever I read his word, even today, or not even these days, when I read it, I look for it like I'm finding treasure. That's how I treat it. I'm like, what can you teach me today, Lord? And I do it now in the morning. I used to do it at night, but now I'm a morning person. <laughs> Every morning I wake up, I read his Bible, read the word, and I ask myself, what can I learn today? What do you want to speak to me today? I treasure it. His commandments are not burdensome to me. It's joyful. I find joy in his word. So the encouragement, treat his word like treasure. Keep his commandments. Store it in your heart. So, so far we've talked about obeying and keeping his commandments. You might ask yourself, that's nice. It still feels burdensome to me, right? That's nice. How do we do that, man? How do I do this? Especially when we talked about earlier how we want to rebel. We don't want to listen to this. So it's all nice. I'm glad that you're finding it joyful, but how do I do this? Let's read verses 4 through 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except, that, except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? When I first read through these passages, I thought they were two separate points. I thought John was talking about commandments, and then now I'm going to talk about overcoming the world. That's how I read it. I don't know if you guys get what I'm saying. If you read verses 1 through 5, you're like, it seems like two separate points. While I was studying this passage, I was listening to one of John Piper's sermons, and he was saying how these verses are connected, actually, that they're one thought. Quote, The commandments of God are burdensome to us, on the one hand, because the world tempts us to believe that obeying God's commandments is not as satisfying as disobeying them. The world convinces us of that. And we tend to agree with the world. And on the other hand, there is something in us that loves to agree with the world. So Piper was saying like, 
the world convinces us that the commandments are burdensome, and there's something in us that wants to agree. It's like, you're right. And so when we're talking about overcoming the world, I think these are connected. Now I read the passage, reading from verse 3 to verse 4, and his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone who is born of him overcomes the world. So it's connected. Overcoming the world is connected to not finding his word burdensome. Right? The world tells us to abstaining from sexual immorality is burdensome. That we can't serve both God and money, that's burdensome. To forgive those who have sinned against us, that's burdensome. And denying yourself to follow him, that's really burdensome. But Jesus is, and John is saying, we have overcome the world. By how? Verse 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We overcome the world by our faith. We overcome these thoughts with our faith. Faith in who? Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? It's who we put our faith in that helps us overcome. It's who we put our faith in that helps us overcome. Jesus says in John 14, verse 21, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Obedience is not burdensome when you do it for the one you love. Right? I didn't grow up in the best household. I grew up in a Korean household with a stepdad that was very strict. And I'll tell you what, the rules felt extremely burdensome. Right? I'm sure all of us have experiences, maybe a teacher, that you're like, man, this person, this teacher does not like me. I don't like them. I don't want to follow the rules. But I bet a lot of us, and some of us who have been blessed with good parents, good pastors, when you know they love you, don't you want to obey them? You know what I'm saying? You're like, I really like this teacher. They love me. I want to do this for them. Going back to my first example at Garden Grove, the reason the kids hated me because I didn't know them. They were calling me. Like, I was the guy they only saw when things were going bad. Never got to play with them. Never got to show them that I loved them. I hated that position. And I ended up quitting because I was like, even if I'm good at this, I, I, I don't like that I can't show them that I love them. I don't have the time to do it. When I was a pastor, I took over children's ministry at our old church. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have to. David's not here, but he we had Cerritos. David was leading our children's ministry. And he had no training with children. Because the pastor had left and there was a two-month gap before I took over. I work with children. But they signed me up to be the EM pastor. But I was like, you know what? I want to visit children's ministry. I love kids. 
first Sunday I visited, it was mayhem, right? <laughs> I preached a sh- when I say short message, it was like five minutes. One of the kids during my sermon gave me the loser sign. <laughs> One of the other kids during my sermon was like, I'm bored, laid on the floor. <laughs> and I looked to the teachers like, is no one going to do anything here? <laughs> is no one going to do anything here? And so I told the staff, I'm going to join children's ministry and be a pastor. And I, every Sunday for an hour before service started, we went over discipline, <laughs> rules. <laughs> we learned over how to work with children. The kids hated me at first because they got to do whatever they wanted. And here I come, I'm like, you can't do that. Within about a month or two, the kids became angels, right? They were not very bad kids to begin with. There was just no structure. (laughs) It wasn't me. With some structure, they became angels. And the difference was I made it clear to my team, as difficult as this is, this is love. And we're going to continue to love them. I talked to each of them individually why they were being disciplined, right? I explained to them, you're in trouble because of this. We love you, but you can't do this during service, right? We love them. And now, like at the end of it, I promised, like, I was walking around. I'm like, they don't need me here anymore, right? It's different when you love, You want to obey those who love, right? It's easy to obey those you love. Versus like Garden Grove where they hated me, right? And we're going to come to an end. First Peter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow his, his steps. First John 4. We love because he first loved us. And I will, change, I will also add to that. I joyfully obey... Because Jesus first joyfully obeyed. He's not asking me to do something he did not do. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8. Talking about Jesus, Paul. It's talking about Jesus here. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Right? He was God himself. He was God in heaven himself. But emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I can obey because Jesus obeyed. I can love because he first loved me. Hebrews 12, verse 2. 
He says, for the joy set before him. Do you guys understand what he's saying right here? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He did it out of joy. How can we joyfully obey? How can I find joy in his commandments? By putting my faith in Jesus Christ. For he has overcome. And he first loved me. And he obeyed and went to the cross. How do I overcome the world telling me that his commandments are burdensome? How do I overcome the idea that waiting before marriage, that uh, giving generously, hating money, all these things, how do I do that? By putting our faith in Jesus who, he, who obeyed, who died on the cross so that we may be free. Let's close in prayer. Lord, may we leave here may we leave here joyfully obeying your commandments. May we find joy in what you have to say to us because of who you are, Lord. Because we obey who we love. If we love the world, we're going to obey the world. But if we love you, we're going to follow and obey you. So I pray that everyone here and some people here who may not know you, that they would know what you did on the cross. That you left heaven to come here on earth and you were obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. May we obey. In Jesus' name I pray.